Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. See something, say something. It's a mantra many live by. If you see something strange, call it in or make someone aware, even if it seems innocuous. Jennifer San Marco had strange behaviors. It was clear to many that the woman suffered from mental illness that was being untreated. But many wrote it off. And on January 30th, 2006, her strange behaviors bubbled over and the Goleta Postal Facility shootings began. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On January 30, 2006, a woman entered the U.S. Postal Service processing plant in Goleta, California with a plan. She tailgated the car ahead of her and passed through the gate. While in the parking lot, shot and killed Z. Fairchild, then turned to Malika Higgins and shot her at point-blank range. Next was Nicola Grant. Upon hearing the shots, many of the employees ran to the window to see what was happening. 
what they saw was a woman they all knew, Jennifer San Marco. In fact, the shooter worked for the company for many years before being asked to retire for health reasons. When she made contact with her scared ex-workmates, she smiled. Jennifer then gained entry to the building by taking an employee ID badge at gunpoint. This employee was told to leave and was able to escape. Others weren't so lucky. This building housed around 80 employees, all of which were now sitting ducks. She then shot Supervisor Charlotte Colton. She was dragged into a room by a fellow co-worker and was able to be transported to the hospital, where she would die just two days later. Jennifer headed to her old workstation and shot Guadalupe Swartz as she tried to flee. Next to Parrish was Air Force veteran Dexter Shannon, who had headphones on and did not hear the shots. The final victim was Jennifer San Marco herself, as she turned the gun around and pointed it at her head. After the dust had settled, police found another victim. Jennifer's former neighbor, whom she had had an argument with, Beverly Graham, had been shot and killed in her home before Jennifer moved on to the postal plant. So, why did Jennifer do it? Why did she go to a place where she worked, where she found friendship, and take the lives of six co-workers? Well, the answer lies in the reason Jennifer was asked to retire, and in the stories of those around her. Jennifer, born December 6, 1961, in Brooklyn, New York, went to work at the postal plant after leaving the high-stress job of police dispatcher in the mid-1990s. In 2003, there was an incident at the plant that required her to be removed by police. She was found alone in the parking lot, kneeling on her car and speaking to herself. When her manager, Darlene Hayes, asked her if she was okay, she replied, They pray before they get in. Darlene, who had worked for mental health clinics in the past, called police and told them she needed immediate psychological attention. She was asked to retire. She then moved to Grants, New Mexico, where she was known for her strange behavior. She would often speak to herself, strip naked in public, shouting to herself, ordered food and would flee the restaurant before it arrived, and once tried to obtain a business license to produce a periodical known as the Racist Press. She was known as the Strange Neighbor. And, other than the call made by her former manager, no one seemed to report or try to help Jennifer. See something, say something. According to writings found later in her home, Jennifer believed she was a target of a nefarious conspiracy that centered around the postal facility. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 31st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.